0: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am AJ Black, your host. And on today's show, we're going to start and we're actually finishing up our previews of Boston College's schedule as they will face off against Wake Forest and Florida State to end the 2021 season. We'll look at both of those schools and talk about where they are at right now and where Boston College can and cannot um, match up well against them. So we'll talk about that. We have a little bit of news and then some interesting discussions I would like to get into. So let's just jump right in. Uh, First off, before I do, I just want to apologize. I have a a head cold, so if I sound a little congested, I apologize. It's been running through my family, and uh, that's where I'm at. But anyways, so let's talk about the news. First of all, two Boston College players uh, with Transfer Portal news. One is Paul Theobald. We talked about this at the end of yesterday's podcast, but I wanted to make sure you got it because it was like in the, the ending credits of the show. Uh, Paul Theobald was a linebacker from New Jersey. He's going to end up at Albany where he'll be a linebacker for the Danes. I think they're the Danes. Um, it's a local school for him, so that's good, or local-ish for him. So he gets to stay where maybe his family can see him play. Uh, he really wasn't going to play a huge role with Boston College this year. Uh, he could have maybe seen some downs, but it's probably a good idea for him. Uh, and, you know, you never hate the, the kid when they make a play like that. Secondly, the other transfer portal news isn't honestly that big either. Is that Matt Taylor, a uh, offensive tackle from from Florida, uh, is also in the transfer portal. Like he was a preferred walk on, so this is not honestly a huge deal. He came in, he was a red shirt freshman. Um, you know, with Boston College basically being stacked at offensive tackle, and they continue to bring in more of those guys. You know, he probably wouldn't have played, and it made a lot of sense. You know, again, for him to go find a school that might fit where he's at. So if you're keeping track at home, you know, there's been players that have found homes, you know, uh, at the at the FBS level. You saw Matt Valachi end up at Colorado State, along with David Bailey. You've seen some go down to Division Two, like Sam Johnson, who's playing for Shippensburg University in Pennsylvania. And then you've seen some players that just haven't found anything or at least haven't announced anything. Players like. Nate Emmer I'm surprised he didn't end up at Colorado State, but uh he's a name that hasn't found a home. I figured he you know he was right on the depth chart, so I thought he would find one uh, but the transfer portal's crazy right now, and uh you know there's been a lot of news there's been a lot of talk about how this year the the transfer portal was definitely like that devil you know versus the devil you don't where you know it's great that kids want to have the freedom to move around but there seems to be quite a few left in that portal that are homeless now or without a, a college home. You know what I mean? So that, that's something to think about. It'll be interesting to see how players are getting uh, recommendations moving forward if they've seen so many players uh, struggling to find new homes at the collegiate level. Now, speaking of the transfer portal, I wanted to talk a little bit about Chris Herron Jr. Chris Herron Jr. was a guard for Boston College basketball. You know, obviously he was the son of Chris Herron, who uh, many people know his uh, turbulent past where he was uh, he had a lot of issues with substances and uh, really derailed what, what looked to be a promising college and NBA career. His son, Chris Herron, played with BC La- uh, two years ago and ended up in the transfer portal. Uh, he ended up at San Diego, not San Diego State, where he kind of just fl- uh he didn't really catch on there either, and now he's given up basketball. And instead of giving up basketball just you know for the sake of it, he is now playing football with, get this, the University of Alabama. Now, he's going to walk on with, with the Crimson Tide, so he's going to earn it. And obviously, when you're the Crimson Tide and you have five stars up and down the roster— the uh, odds of a walk-on playing are, are slim, but how cool is that? I thought that was such a, an interesting story that you went from— I mean, this kid has bounced all over the country. He went from Boston to San Diego, now back down to Alabama. He's going to get a chance to play with Nick Saban and uh, all those talented players. So, you know, this is one of those stories you're going to love to want to watch to see where they go with this. Like, can he—you know, maybe in those games where Alabama's playing some, you know, their FCS Fodder, and maybe they get a chance to put Chris Heron in. Uh, But I'm I'm interested. I thought this was a really kind of interesting story for a guy to give up basketball and end up with the best program in the country in football. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Chris Heron, and we'll we'll have to watch out for that. And finally, um, BC football has been releasing some uh, videos that you can watch of of their practices. And one of the things uh, that uh, they've shown is. The plays of the tight end and Trey Berry, especially, I've heard a lot of praise from Phil Dracovic and Jeff Halfley at press conferences about his play. But they they showcased a very interesting uh, catch he made uh, with one hand in in uh, in pretty tight coverage. So um, he he had a big catch, and then Joey Lucchetti. So it's going to be interesting. We talked about. At, with the tight end position, who's going to be the number two? Because Trey Berry is going to be the starter. As much as you know, it's an open competition. He's starting. I mean, you don't you don't get a a talent like that unless they really bomb. That's not going to start. So he's going to be the starter. But who goes with him? Spencer Witter last year he uh, he really came on at the end, and and Halfley has been singing his praises. But keep your eyes open for Lucetti. Lucetti has is a veteran. He has a lot of respect in that locker room. Um, and he, if he can show off that he can catch like that, he he could definitely. Definitely be a weapon for Phil Dracovic in this offense. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Those are the names that have popped up. Now Charlie Gordon here, he's kind of waiting in the wing as well. And Hans Lillis, he's more of a blocking tight end. Uh, but I like the I like the possibility of having a Joey Lucchetti to go along with Trey Berry uh, at that tight end position. So BC's tight end position, and I know uh, Chris our listener who always jokes I talk about tight ends way too much. Um their tight end position is going to be, I think, more solid and deep than I expected before the seasons. And that's interesting. So uh, we'll have to wait to see where um, how they actually perform when they play in actual games. But we'll, we'll keep an eye out on that. Hey, guys. So there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? I mean, this weekend, I had a... Um, a baptism for my daughter and I swept through my shirt like immediately and my wife was like seriously you just put that on now, some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this, like I said. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now, listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world. But let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why I use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and go to bed. Next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirt based on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you know or love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at Sweat Block with promo code On, or at Amazon or CVS. The Locked On Boston College podcast is supported in part by the Charlestown Law Group. You need to know about the Charlestown Law Group. If you or someone you know have recently received a traffic violation, speeding or other moving violation that you would like to contest, then you need to call the Charlestown Law Group. Attorney Jason Campbell and his team can and will help you fight the ticket. Did you know that a moving violation can stay on your insurance record for five to six years? One conviction can cost you thousands of dollars. If you wanna win, you generally need an attorney. Why not hire a professional litigator with a track record of success? Jason Campbell at Charlestown Law Group will fight for you. He's a proud Boston College graduate, and Attorney Campbell is an experienced litigator that will be able to tell you if you have merit before you go to court, saving you both time and money. The Charlestown Law Group will fight tickets anywhere in Massachusetts, and they offer discounted rates for Boston College students and alumni. The Charlestown Law Group specializes in traffic violations and they will fight for you. Call them immediately at 617-872-8652. That's 617-872-8652 for a free consultation. Or visit the charlestownlawgroup.com. Go Eagles! This is Locked On Boston College. We are going through the previews of every team Boston College is going to face this season. So if you have not listened to—I've I've done five episodes already— filled with information of what I think of each program Boston College faces, and I give you a percentage of what I think Boston College's win uh, likelihood is going to be, go back. You can go on your favorite uh, podcast directory, whether it's Apple or Google or, or um, Spotify— or you can head on over to our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is great if you're doing work on your computer and you just want to load up the podcast. So head on over to YouTube, looked up Blocks On Boston College, and make sure you hit subscribe so that you get all of our latest podcasts sent directly to you. Um, it's going to be great during the season because I'm going to give you all the new episodes plus bonus episodes. Uh, bonus material like after game, um, immediate reactions, breaking news, anything like that will be going up on the YouTube channel. You're going to want to make sure that you are subscribed. So do that right now. Hit the pause button on this podcast, head on over to YouTube and hit subscribe on Locked Boston College. I promise you it'll be worth it this year. Now we're up to Florida State. Now Many Boston College fans, both, when you talk Florida State, the first thing they do is usually groan because you know the fans they they're not we're not we're not uh, fans of each other, and uh, but Florida State fans hate Boston College because they feel like we stole their their color scheme, and hopefully with Adidas making new uniforms, we won't look identical to to Florida State. But anyways. Florida State is a program that is seeped in tradition, started by Bobby Bowden. We talked about Bobby Bowden earlier this week. You know, he really set um, the the precedent and the culture at Florida State, and you know, he phased out at two, in 2009 when Jimbo Fisher took over. Jimbo Fisher clearly had success as he brought a national championship under Jameis Winston, but since that 2013 season. It has continually slipped away from the Seminoles. Their team had, you know, under even under Jimbo Fisher, has really kind of regressed. That you haven't seen the the success that you expect out of the Seminoles program. And you know what? As much as a Boston College fan, you like seeing them beat them, you know, thirty-five-three or whatever it was, we beat them in that night game a couple years ago. It's not good for for the conference when Florida State is down. It's just not. So. They went through, you know, Jimbo Fisher. He leaves to go to Texas A&M. They bring in Willie Taggart from USF in Oregon, and he is not a fit. He just does not work. He's not the right fit for um, Florida State. Their program falls apart. They're off a cliff. They bring in Mike Norvell from Memphis, and he starts last year in 2020. You know, just like with Jeff Hafley, it's a great year to start off, right? And he immediately struggles. He cannot, you know, his locker room is a mess. There's, you know— Players protesting, players, you know, the locker room's a disaster. There's players not wanting to be there. And he has to sift through all of that. And because of that, Florida State struggled last year. They didn't have a quarterback. Most of their stars opted out. You know, they just could not get it all together. But I think the difference between Norvell and, you know, someone like Justin Fuente is that Norvell's going to come out of this tunnel with more light on the other side. I think he's going to have his program where he wants it in 2021 and really start to build it to more towards the Florida State standards that the Seminole fans and Seminole community expects. So that starts this year. They did an awesome job identifying, just like Boston College, a transfer quarterback to get them that started, and that is Mackenzie Milton. Now, Mackenzie Milton, if you uh, didn't follow, you know, F, F, uh, group of 5 power schools was a dynamic quarterback for UCF. He, you know, he had like I think 27 touchdowns he threw for a godly amount of, of of yards and he was a dual threat. He could do everything. Unfortunately, his career with the Knights got derailed when he had a oh, gruesome lower leg injury. Oh, it's awful. Don't look at it. Um, if you don't I really recommend don't googling that. Now he's back. And during spring, he looked Every bit as good as he did when he was with UCF. Now that that being said, you have to you had to temper some expectations. When you when you suffer what an uh, uh, injury that I believe I heard almost what people were like he may never play football again. Um, there's there's the ability that like maybe he gets hit a few times and then all of a sudden it's like oof you know maybe he doesn't get there, but. I have Florida State as a team on the rise. I think Norvell got all the garbage out of his locker room that he wanted. And no offense to Jaden Lars-Wood Bay. I think he just wasn't a good fit. Maybe he just wanted to go to Boston College. But there's other guys that they just got rid of that just weren't fit. You know, they got a defensive tackle that went to NC State. They got all these other guys that just left. That is good for Norvell. Now, that's going to help him build his program in the vision that he wants. I think you'll see it with Florida state starting this year, you're going to start to see them uh, battling better programs, battling. um, They're not going to battle Clemson because Clemson, they have a, they have a vendetta against them uh, after last year where Florida state basically ducked them. Uh, But you're going to see Florida state start to play better. Um, Will they be as good this year as they were as Boston college? And that is the big question about this, this matchup. I don't think they will be. I think Boston College has too much talent for the Seminoles, but I'm going to say this right now. Boston College needs to watch out because Florida State is on the verge of coming back. They're on the verge of being a ACC contender again and taking that spot because they can, they can recruit better than Boston College. They're going to bring in blue chippers, and if Mike Norvell gets his system in place, watch out. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I think Mackenzie Milton, he's going to match up well against BC's defense. I think he could put up some points, but I think Boston College's offense is going to cause all sorts of problems for Florida State and I think Boston College will win this. It's a closer game though than I think many of us expect because I have um right underneath BC I have Florida State kind of, you know, at like 3 or 4 in the ACC Atlantic, and that's good, given where they've been at. So this is a team to watch out for, a team I respect. I think they're going to be going places, and I think this is going to be a year for them where they start to make that move. Now, in terms of win percentage, I think Boston College is like a 75% win um, favorite in this one. I think there's a 75% chance Boston College wins this game. I think they win 10 to 14 points, but don't rule out an, a, a upset here this is a game where it has trap all over it so we'll have to watch to see where the the Seminoles kind of uh, improve and see because it's near the end of the year they're gonna have more time to do that and anything can happen at that point. So that's where we're at with that team. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in the final game of the season. And we'll give you our preview of that matchup. But before we do that, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, or contest information. Head over to the website right now and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head on over. You put $100 down. They're going to give you 50 bucks. That's a win right there. Bet You're online. Sportsbook experts. Now, let's chat about Rock Auto. Why spend 30 50 or 100% more at a chain store or car dealership when you can head over to rockauto.com and save. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you need. All you do is put your make and model into their easy to find, an easy-to-use system, and they'll tell you what they have for brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They have everything there. Go explore the easy-to-use website today, and you'll find everything you need. Now, when you do that, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here, and I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Make sure you Subscribe to our our premium service on BC Bulletin, or just make sure you um, bookmark our page for throughout the upcoming season. If you want to get all the inside information on Boston College News, I have it all, and I hope you enjoy our work there. Now, in our finale of our season previews, and we're getting close to—we're uh, only a couple weeks away from opening kickoff against Colgate. We're going to look at Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons of Wake Forest last season went— Four and five. But when you look at their schedule, who they played, they played a really tough season. You know, other than uh, their game against Campbell, they played Clemson, North Carolina State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse too. I should probably put them in there. North Carolina, Louisville, and Wisconsin. So they played some good teams. Louisville, you know, so... You, you, and I think the wins is what struck me because they were able to shut down Virginia Tech. They were able to shut down Virginia. And they kind of held their own for a little bit against NC State, in a game that was very close at the end. And this is a team I think, you know, Dave Klaassen, the Wake Forest head coach, has always has them prepared. You know, he is the perfect Wake Forest coach because, you know, he takes what he has and makes them, Competitive against every team. And next year, in 2021, they have probably, next to Zay Flowers, I mean, I'm a little biased, the most exciting running uh, wide receiver in the ACC, and that's Jaquari Robertson, who had 62 receptions for 626 yards and eight touchdowns. That's a problem right there. Now, they have a good quarterback throwing on the ball. And one that I think is underrated, and that's Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman, if you remember, uh, for years playing against BC, he was kind of like, a gimmick quarterback. He couldn't really throw the ball. He just didn't seem very comfortable. He threw really well last year. He threw for twenty-two hundred yards with thirteen touchdowns and five interceptions. Not like you know game-breaking abilities, but good enough to win. And like when I said when I previewed North Carolina State earlier this week, this month, I said they're a team that is talented all over the place. And I'm going to say the same thing about. Wake Forest, just a good team, like good players, good coaching. I think they're ready to, to take that next step. They're a team that I think pairs off well against Boston College. You know, they're a team that plays, um, you know, very physical. They're going to play uh, mistake-free football. They're not, you know, a lazy team. So it's going to be tough for BC. This is a game where, you know, anything can happen. You know, Wake Forest's defense is good enough to shut down BC. I don't know if they're good enough to shut them down for four quarters, but they, if they make a stop or two, who on BC's defense can stop Jaquiel Robinson? Robertson, excuse me. I, I mean, BC's got some good defensive backs, but he's a he's a challenge in himself. And you know, when when when, Notre, uh, sorry, when Wake Forest is putting up thirty six points a game, that's a challenge right there. And I think they're a good team. This is another. This ends the season with a perfect 50-50 matchup. And I'm going to put it at 50%. Boston College could win this game. Boston College could lose it. But if things are going well for Boston College, the one advantage I like in this is it's in New England. They're playing at Chestnut Hill. It's the last game of the season. It's over um, Thanksgiving weekend, which is a bit of a bummer because the students won't be there. But you bring a Southern team up North – that puts Boston College at a bit of an advantage here. So I'm going to give BC a 52% winning percentage, uh, winning um, expectancy for this game. I think there's like a 52% chance, um, but it's going to be a fun one. And I don't know if Wake Forest, maybe they are not as good as I put them out to be, but I think they're going to be a challenge, and I like where Dave Clason has them going. So in all in all, Boston College going into this game, will be nine and three. I'm gonna have them going nine and three. I've said that all along. You can mark that down and tell me I'm stupid later when I'm wrong, but that's where I have them for the season. Nine and three. So where does that take them? I'm gonna pick two bowls I think they're gonna get into. One or the other. It's gonna either be the Duke Mayo's bowl or the Gator Bowl. Now before you poo poo on both of those, I think they're both good games. They're both against SEC. So um what teams could they face in the SEC? I mean, if you're going to project out, a team like Auburn, a team like Texas a And uh, Texas A&M would probably be higher than that. A team like um, maybe LSU doesn't take the big step this year. Ole Miss, one of those teams. And as I said before, I'm predict- predicting Boston College beats whoever it is. So it'd either be Ole Miss, LSU, or Auburn in one of those bowls. That's my projection. Projection. I could be totally wrong, but uh, you know, bowl games they're all a crapshoot. So that's where I'm at. I hope you enjoyed. On t- uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to do a mailbag. So if you have mailbag questions, please send them into to me at uh, Twitter, at LockedOnBC. Just p- you can either tweet them at me or put them in my DMs. I respond to both. Or even better, head on over to maroonandgoldforums.com because I will. An- those are easier for me to find. And it's a great uh, forum for people to join and talk BC sports. I am the host of uh, Locked On Boston College's A.J. Black. You can follow me on Twitter at A.J. Black underscore B.C. You can follow my site at B.C. Bulletin. And I hope you enjoy all our work. I am so excited for football season to start. We'll get into more on the mailbag tomorrow, and I hope you are ready to talk football for the next couple weeks. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again soon.